if the cat is in here with me or not. Oh, I don't hear anything, but... So we might have our guest? I don't know. Oh, okay. Because he likes to run into... The guest room's usually closed, which is where my where I record. And so he likes to run in, but he usually then goes right under the bed. And I heard him meow, and it sounded like it was in here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I also have a ghost cat. Probably. I feel like that's kind of an okay ghost to have. They're just going to knock things off tables and snuggle you at night. Oh, the cat's in here. I was going to say, it's probably Here's just a regular ghost. in the TV. <laughs> Maybe regular ghosts. I wonder how many times we've attributed ghosts to cats. Yeah, right. I feel like this is a valid question. <laughs> <laughs> a weird way to start off an episode about Star Wars, but you know. Yeah, but. Most famous ghosts in history are actually cats. I'm calling it now. Yeah, it makes sense why, you know, glasses fall and candlesticks <laughs> on uh, fireplaces and whatnot, so. Yeah, they're just, just the, dicks who knock things over. The cat's sitting up there having some fun. Very true. Mm. So, where do we even <sighs> begin? I really don't know. Um, well, I mean, I guess first off I'll say that I'm of the small camp that actually really likes and enjoys The Last Jedi. Apparently it's a very small group, which is very surprising to me. Yeah, I, I okay, so here's the thing. On the one hand, for a lot of us, okay, so there's two kinds of people who, like, love Star Wars in childhood. There's the people who, like, enjoy it for what it is, and then there are people who, like, that was part of their identity. Mm-hmm. I don't think Star Wars, I'm a part of my identity person, but, like, I was introduced to Star Wars by my family. It was a special movie marathon that we did um, when I was younger uh, to watch the original trilogy. I went to, I think, midnight showings of all of the prequel trilogy with my stepdad. Like It was a thing in my family, but I never really got into the lore of it or anything like that. I just enjoyed Star Wars. So on one level, I enjoyed all of the new the the new trilogy the the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. i enjoyed all of them on some level because they're entertaining and they are star wars yeah. like even the last one on a surface level thing there are moments and visuals and things that i i loved and i was absolutely entertained so i'm going to say that and i really liked the last jedi i liked it a lot um mm-hmm. i felt it was really well done it was good storytelling um and probably of the trilogy i actually think i like the force awakens the most because it's the silliest <laughs> yeah and that's that's what i love about a star wars movie it's why like the phantom menace is vaguely entertaining the rest of the prequel trilogy i did not like because it was just pretty hammy dark and weird and heavy at certain points like i just wasn't into that yeah so like on one level like i originally i was entertained while i was watching while I was watching uh, the rise of skywalker mm-hmm. and i left it being like okay like that was not a waste of my time but then when I try and think about, did it serve its purpose? Do I feel like the story was closed? Did I like the events that happened? Did I feel like, you know, is the trilogy itself a unit? Does it fit into the full nine? And then I was unhappy. <laughs> and then I went on to Twitter. And one of the things I actually was really happy about then was completely questioned in my mind. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I actually feel about this? And it took me a solid three days of watching the GIF of... Oh, spoilers, obviously, of um, Ben and Ray kissing. It took me like three solid days of just watching that obsessively to like decide how I felt about it. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. I just got, I got feelings. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You talk. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, going on the, the, I guess my history of Star Wars, I honestly don't even know where it started. I just, it was one of those things that just, you're just introduced to as a kid. You don't really remember it. I, I do remember, um, going to visit my grandparents in Washington and my grandpa had a really cool, uh, VHS box set of the original trilogy. And, you know, just... I'm pretty sure it, I still own mine. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, just, you know, anytime I'd go and visit them, they'd be there and I'd put them on and watch them. Um, and then, you know, they started getting re-released in uh, theaters, which is pretty cool. So, of course, I went and saw them in theaters and then the, the uh, Phantom Menace came out, which it came out when I was... I don't know if I was like 11 or 12 or something like that. So, I mean... I knew it was Star Wars and it was fun and entertaining and I was young and naive because I really liked uh, Jar Jar. Uh, boy, did I grow out of that. And I was also entertained by Jar Jar and I was like obsessed with Darth Maul. He, oh yeah, well, I still feel like Darth Maul is still a badass in the Star Wars canon, that's for sure. Um, I went and then, you know, I went and saw Attack of the Clones in the theater. That's probably the only time I've seen it because I was bored out of my mind in that movie um and i actually really liked uh, revenge of the sith a few a few things aside because uh, it does get the pretty first easy. time i watched it i liked it yeah. i watched it again when i was a little bit older and i was like oh my god this is terrible yeah there's a lot of uh very everything's very over the top he's very brutal which is not i just did not feel like it was totally correct yeah. i don't know yeah yeah but, I, I get but, that we recently rewatched Revenge of the Sith, and I feel like that really helped how I feel about the Rise of Skywalker. Mm. So ultimately, I feel like for my my journey, it was important. It's it's been a while since I watched it. Um, so you don't remember the moment, like the "No, I am your father." Like you don't remember how you felt about that, or if that was a surprise to you. You know, it's it's just one of those things. I remember um, reading a story about this this guy who like shielded his kid from star wars until he got to be you know nine or ten to where he could really take stuff in and uh he watched you know a new hope and then when he got to empire he like recorded his reaction to the i am your father scene and the kid had no reaction and the dad's like why aren't you surprised by that and the kid was just like duh like we all know that that's just something we know you know <laughs> and that's basically how it was it's just i it's just something i already knew um, I remember being surprised for a minute, but I remember the real shocker for me was that Luke and Leia were siblings. Yeah, I think that's... That, that one just exploded in my brain. Yeah, I think that's a little more... Uh, it's not as... I guess it's not necessarily as memorable as the I'm your father thing, but yeah, I think that's that's a little more of a surprise since you know... Well, also because they kissed and I was like... <gasps> yeah. That was very scandalous. <laughs> um, And... I, I really did like um, The Force Awakens. It's, I'll say it's definitely the most fun, albeit uh, most fan-serviced of the three. Really? I think so. I think it's... it's. I Wait, th- what do I we think... mean by fan-service? Because if we mean like referential to previous things, probably yes. But if we want to say capitulating to fan complaints, it is The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, well, yeah. No, that's, that's for sure. Um I don't know. I just, I think taking a step back and looking at force awakens it, 
it's almost, not good, but it's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was it, a really good reintroduction to something that had been, especially after the prequels did were so panned. Yeah, they needed something like the Force Awakens to relaunch this and and not just get their built-in audience, but get new audience. Mm, yeah, I, I get that. Because and, and and for that reason, it honestly just seemed like a rehash of a New Hope. It, mm, it yeah, all, I it get hit that all argument. the same notes, and I feel like even the structure of it is is almost the same. Um, but I, I that that that's why I have a lot of respect for Ryan Johnson because he, in the Last Jedi, you know, was getting so many uh, fan theories and and people telling him what he should do, and he was just like, screw everything you guys want and are asking for i'm doing what i want to do which i i respect that whereas rise of skywalker jj just said oh you guys want all these things here you go you can have it and look how the movie turned out i know well here's the thing if he disagreed with where ryan johnson went with it Mm -hmm. one more movie was not enough to get the whole story he wanted to because these characters were introduced and then nothing like Finn does almost nothing. Rose does absolutely nothing. Like, I I get that Rey is the main character. This trilogy is Rey's story. Like, the first trilogy was Anakin. The second trilogy is, like, the middle is Luke. And this end is Rey. I get that. But if you wanted to open up this whole new expansive world for us, we know Disney is going to make more within the star Wars universe that takes place all along the timeline of, of, you know, star Wars. Nothing was resolved. Like it just, it, it just felt so crushed and rushed. And, you know, there are a few storylines that played out super well. Like how are they going to resolve the fact that Carrie Fisher is, is dead Mm -hmm. and how are we going to, lose leia in a way that feels organic to the story which i think they did super well actually Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't know (laughs) okay so let's let's talk about the the, there's two big moments everyone's fighting about so let's start with the first one which is how do you feel about the fact that ray is a palpatine how do you feel about that reveal honestly i think i might have rolled my eyes when they said it um I, the only good thing about it was that was some excellent sci-fi horror filming. Oh God, yeah, I, I, like it was so creepy. I was like, oh, this feels like a horror movie right now. Like, I don't like where this is going plot-wise, but the visuals are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, this this made me want a full-out horror movie from J.J. Abrams. Like, right, like creepy sci-fi cult, like creepy, like Sith cult was so cool. I mean, I have lots of questions about the logistics of Exegol and the final order and all that, but like, you know, internal consistency and logic has never been JJ's strong point. Yeah. But still, but like, Oh, that place was creepy. It was so cool. The opening scene was really cool. When, uh, Kylo was going in, into the, uh, temple and all that. Like that was, that, that's yeah, when I was, that was like, intense. Oh, we're getting into some creepy territory here. Like, this is actually really cool. Like I really liked how it began. And then it just kept going. The movie itself kept going. And going and going. And going um, and going. Well, that was such a fast-paced start. And then we were like... Uh, yeah. 
Uh, well, okay. G- going back to the the Rose thing, apparently, according to the uh, co-writer, whose uh, name I forgot, but I have it right here because I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, so like Ryan Terrio, Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio. I knew it was Terrio. Yeah. Um, he said that Rose was supposed to be she she, she was going to stay on the planet behind you know she wasn't going to go with the rest of the group that was always the plan but she was supposed to have a lot more scenes with carrie fisher like she was supposed to be uh you know just right next to her the whole time and then they were about the general needs her yeah so and if you don't actually have the general to film with exactly so that's kind of why she just got relegated to just nothing really that's Um, just really horrific coincidence because with all of the complaints about about Rose and her character and everything and then for that to happen like it looks like they capitulated to sexist racists and yeah, that's yeah that that okay well now I feel a little less bitter about that I, I mean who it could be an excuse but it does to me it does make sense so yeah um but again I don't know why they didn't just do like they did with uh oh Jesus Christ what's the character from uh Rogue One, who he was just completely animated the entire movie. Uh, oh, the General Tarkin. Yes, um, Admiral. I think it's Admiral. Yeah, because yeah, he was. Don't come after me, geeks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, I, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe Billy Lord and all them didn't really want that because I know they said, "Oh, we have enough to work with from her deleted scenes from." force awakens i assumed that meant or from last jedi and the force awakens but i just assumed that meant oh we have enough to go off of and to animate not just we're going to use these four minutes of scenes that were deleted and that's all she's going to be in it you know yeah so that was a bit disappointing too but i get it, it it's a bit it's a very uh awkward it's, position sen- to be it's put sensitive in. but she's also so important you can't just this is not a person you could just write off you know yeah Okay, but you never answered the question. How do you feel about the fact that Ray is Palpatine? Oh, well, I don't know. I feel like my eye rolling might have said it all. I <laughs> I don't know. But felt... what? Is it, is it that, you know, the that Palpatine was still alive somehow? Or was it that, like, why is that? I think just overall, because it felt very... It... It felt very shoehorned. It felt just contrived yeah. in a way to just... It don't. It just felt like a marketing tool. Like, though, let's bring Palpatine back. But how are we gonna m- bring it back and make sense? But uh. I don't know. I didn't. Well, it's hard because you know, like Jedi weren't weren't supposed to have kids, and it was never implied that the ability to use the Force was genetic or like inherited. Mm-hmm. You know, so was there any guarantee that Ray would have been powerful, that Palpatine needed to procreate in order to keep himself alive for longer? Like, that felt really weird. Um, I feel like... I feel like, you know, the idea that Kylo was lying to her when he said her parents were no one. Like, some people say, no, he's saying no one because they didn't want to be anyone because this is who, you know, her grandfather was, blah, blah, blah. Also, when I think about the timeline, unless someone's having sex with Wrinkly Palpatine, <laughs> it should have actually been her great-grandfather, not her grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the timeline would have been much less creepy. And he was a senator, so he probably could have had, you know, and then the chancellor, so he probably could have, you know, had a wife or a mistress or something. Yeah. Someone who would reasonably sleep with him without being like, oh, God, I need to, I'm terrified for life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, like, I liked it because on one hand, it made sense of, like, she's super powerful. But then it, it almost made it seem like being a Sith is inherited versus a choice. And all of the movies, all the first six basically made it seem like, no, this is a, a, a choice, not something you're made to. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, oh, no, she was made for this. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if she'd been raised to be this, that'd be one thing. But she was, you know, hidden away and abandoned. Like, but it made it seem like being a Sith is this inherited trait. It's like a bloodline. And that is dumb. I don't know. I don't know, because I get the bloodline thing, too, because we've got the Skywalkers or whatever, but it, it made it seem like being one or the other is not a choice, and it's always been super important about that your side of the Force is a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, having the ability to to access the Force is neutral. What you do with it... Is... <sighs> so that's what really bugged me, because it did make it powerful that she was always going to choose a good side and that she was this good person despite everything that had happened. Yeah. But... They also made this big deal about her having Sith powers. Yeah. Oh my god, that scene was really scary. <laughs> yeah, that actually was a pretty, uh, pretty. I knew scene. right away that there was no way that Chewie was going to be dead. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll get there. Um, so that's actually one thing I really liked in the Last Jedi. How it ended was, you know, Broom Boy. I think that's what everyone calls him. How that yeah. he's just nobody, but he's able to use the Force. I actually liked that it was. It was you could be anybody. Ray didn't need to come from anybody. And I, I remember after the Force Awakens, hoping that she was nobody. Yeah. Because I wanted that to be the story. Is that you don't have to be from one of these families because that's just every fantasy story ever. Ex- yeah, exactly. You know, you're a chosen one from a special family. This was basically like a chosen one story without, but it pulled it pulled a fast one on you. It didn't tell you it was a chosen one story until the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the chosen ones. Yeah. Um. And apparently that was what Finn was going to tell Ray was that he was force sensitive, which, yeah. which I just thought it was kind of dumb that they, you know, he Made said, like he's going to say he was in love with her. <laughs> well, that I, I, I kind of assumed that, but, but, you know, he said, I never told you. And then he doesn't get to it. But then later on, um, you know, Poe even says something like, Oh, you're not going to tell her whatever it was you were going to say. And he's like, Oh, you're still on that. And then they, never go back to it again and he just has the one line where like oh i can i can just feel it or something like that i I get it was is very lightly hinted at but i mean well they showed us he was force sensitive without having him say it but that's why i felt like we needed two movies because if you're also okay so force awakens is sort of like a finn and ray movie Mm -hmm. i feel like last jedi is a ray movie and it really is clear that Ray is his main character. Like, if you want to also tell the story of Finn and, like, being Force-sensitive and coming to it later in life, similar to how Princess Leia did, that that's a whole other movie. Give or, me a Finn movie. That sounds great. I love John Boyega. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen the things that he bought with, like, his money from Star Wars? No. Like, just the weirdest stuff. Like there's, I think he does an interview on one of the late night people, but like he talked about all this weird stuff he bought with his Star Wars money, and I'm like, 
dude, like we are we are kindred spirits because I totally like it's some there's there was some kind of weird lamp. It was like a lamp made out of a trumpet or something. I was like, I would totally buy that. Oh my god. I, I just remember uh, I don't know if you ever watched James Corden's when he does uh spill your guts or fill your guts. Yeah. Um yeah, and John Boyega was on there and they asked James asked him, uh, you know, oh, both Star Wars movies combined made three billion dollars how much of that were you paid and he just kind of like looked at james for a second and then dove into whatever it was he was supposed to eat nice <laughs> um it's kind of gauche to talk about it so i respect that yeah um so i don't know i feel like if they were going to introduce the whole finn being force sensitive thing maybe just give you one tiny little scene in the last jedi i get that you know they didn't know what was going to befall all of them following the last jedi but you know at least start somewhere that way and maybe and then you know keep hinting at it over the course of this movie where it was just the one scene at the end and that was it really right well because there's going to be since the fall of the jedi there's going to be a ton of people out i mean it's not like the force was broken and disappeared Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a ton of people out there who've grown up force sensitive and never became jedi or never trained with their skill like there's probably a ton of people like Finn out there, you know? Yeah. Adults who this is what, this is their life, you know, or they know, they know things or have intuitions or understand what they're accessing and, you know, <laughs> the cat's clearly force sensitive. Apparently. He's trying to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe they did, maybe you did kind of sense something when in the force awakens, like, the final uh, lightsaber duel when uh, he actually fights Kylo for a little bit. I don't know may- maybe that was, but also he was just kind of acting out of emotion because uh, it looked like Ray might have been losing at that time. So who knows? Maybe that was just supposed to be an emotional duel on Finn's part and not necessarily a, you know showing that he's. A Jedi. I always thought it implied he was force sensitive. I didn't know if it was going to be him or Ray that was magical at the end of that movie. Mm. Or that was going to be both, and they were going to go on this journey together of like, let's find our force powers. Th- that would have been pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So going on to the whole Chewy thing, I was legit sad for about thirty seconds, but then fifteen seconds later, they revealed <laughs> he wasn't dead. Like, right? Like. You should have at least given us another 20 minutes to actually believe, like, oh, shit, maybe they really did this. Like, maybe they actually really killed him off. But they give you, like, maybe two minutes, and then... If anyone but Ray had killed him, I would have believed Chewie was dead. But mm-hmm. I was like, there's just no way. And it would have been too, par- too parallel of storytelling of, like, you know, Kylo killing Han, and then Ray kills Chewie. Like, no, they're not that logical. That would mean by the end of this, Ray's evil. Um, and I didn't think that was coming. So I knew there was no way, like right away. I was like, no, there was two transports. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, immediately, I was like, no, this is not what happened. I did get pretty wide-eyed, though, when she was trying to stop the stop the ship and then... Well, know, because she's so powerful between the two movies. Yeah. She just hasn't uh, learned how to use it, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, well, oh my God, like I said, the more and more I talk about this movie, it just gets frustrating. Uh, the, the thing I did say was, was this, 
like in my review on Letterboxd, I said, you know, was this entertaining? Like, yes, but, um, is it good storytelling? No, no, this is by <laughs> far JJ's laziest storytelling. I feel. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, I just got text from my mom that apparently the Packer game right now is insane. Oh shit. Yeah, we did good yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I actually was rooting for the 49ers yesterday. <laughs> now it, it, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a rivalry if uh, uh, the the Seahawks win and it's and it's going to be the Seahawks and 49ers because all of my family are Seahawks fans and my mom about disowned me when I told her I was a 49er fan a few years ago. <laughs> well, if it's 49ers versus Seahawks, I'm team 49ers because I hate the Seahawks. Oh, good. <laughs> deeply. <laughs> Like being in uh, in the division I'm in, you know, I'm like, I'm not a fan of the Bears. I don't like the Vikings, although I'm literally wearing a Viking sweatshirt right now because it's the biggest sweatshirt we own. And my husband is a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm neutral on the Lions. They're occasionally a threat, whatever. But it's like I don't have strong feelings about them. Growing up, you know, you everybody hated the Cowboys. But like I deeply hate the Seahawks. <laughs> I, part of it is I really don't like Russell Wilson, which is – a rant that I have gone on when drunk. Oh shit. <laughs> um, notably at the Christmas party we hosted in the beginning of December for Joey's coworker. Somebody oh. made a Russell Wilson. Like I made a comment about hating Russell Wilson and someone like challenged me on it. And I just like went off and they were all like, Whoa. <laughs> so oh, man. I don't like Russell Wilson. And even previous to him, I just don't like the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, friends. I don't hold it against anybody who's a Seahawks fan. It's really like the franchise. It's not about people. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, back to the point of why we're here. Yeah. So, we talk about Raylo. Uh, we just got to get it over with. Oh God. The other gigantic. There was three really big eye rolls. One was the the whole Palpatine reveal. Yeah. This was number two. Um, okay. And what the, was the other one? The uh, we'll get there. Um. <laughs> It was so funny, too, because when they actually kissed, the entire theater, actually, I'm not even joking, the entire theater all just went, ew. Like, you can hear it. Like, you can hear groans in the theater when they kissed. I was not, <sighs> I was not, no, I. Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> they set up this story and this tie between them, like, moment one when they meet you see this developing. Like, it's going to be this love story. There was no way they were going to be created or was going to be this sort of, like, intense, maybe even really unhealthy attraction. It gets healthier, which I'll give them that. The way this actually develops is fairly healthy. Other than, you know, like, she stabs him, but she heals him. (laughs) Whatever. Like, it could have been so much more scary and abusive, and it's not. So I will give it that. Yeah. So here's the thing. The first time around in my head, so when I first saw it, like, we get to the moment... And you know that he's going to use his power to save her. But because she was dead, in order to bring someone back to life, not just heal them, but bring them back to life, he was going to need to die. Mm -hmm. And when you look at Kylo Ren's journey to being Ben Solo and everything he did, and then paralleling that with Anakin's final moments, like, they, they can have their moment of redemption, but they need to die. That's what happened with Anakin. It needed to happen with him. And I was so afraid that they were going to let him live. 
And so literally when I see him die, I like I actually made the chef's kiss motion because I was like, yes, <laughs> this is exactly what needed to happen. Like he wanted to be Darth Vader. He wanted to be Anakin Skywalker. And he was, that is yeah. exactly what happened. He had this rough life and made stupid choices and did terrible, terrible things like killing Han Solo aside. He's also like mil- billions of people potentially are dead because of this bitch. So he needed to die. Like he needed to have his redemption and his moment of happiness and knowing that he did the right thing and something unselfish and selfless. And then he needs to die. Mm-hmm. So then I go on Twitter and there's an author I really like. I'm not going to call it who it is, who was like, this is a, a betrayal of the narrative. This is de- terrible storytelling, him dying. Like they give us, a, it's supposed to be about hope, but it's supposed to be the story where, you know, there's hope that he can be redeemed. And I was like, someone being redeemed does not necessarily mean they get to live. Mm-hmm. But it really gave me pause for a long time. Cause I was like, Oh my God, am I, did I see this wrong? And I'd kind of forgotten about all the horrible stuff that he did. And then like, we were watching sports. I was like, no, he killed his dad. He killed like, mm-hmm. not even just like killing Han Solo. He killed his dad. Yeah. He killed his dad to become more powerful to betray this whole sense of everything that he is. So I was like, no, like as much as for a while there, I was like, Oh yes. The, the tiny, like, Raylo shipper inside me was like oh it's so cute like i love it it's so intense and like adorable and it's just like one like perfect kiss moment you're like oh like yes i am totally like squee hard eyes for that like i got it i don't groan at the kiss at all because that's where it was going yeah like moment one laid eyes on each other that's where it was going but was it they're gonna kiss and then they both die or they're gonna kiss and then he dies that has been my guess from day one as soon as i knew he was um he was ben solo that's where it was going. Mm. So that was perfect to me, but I was like, Oh, did he get to live? And then, so I like really sat on it for a while. And then I went back and watched, uh, and then we watched the prequel trilogy again. And I remember like, literally I was like, Anakin kills younglings. This bitch deserves to die. Mm-hmm. Just like if you want to parallel your granddad's journey. Ben Solo has to die. Yeah. Period. So to me, like, I felt like, you know, people can be mad about the romantic piece of it or not. But him turning away from what he did to save her and dying was that was that was good storytelling. That was that was the only thread that followed through all three movies was he was starting with I'm a little bitch ass on the force wearing a stupid (laughs) helmet and walking like a robot to I'm a human being again. I have my one and only smile the entire movie and then the entire trilogy and then I die. That was perfect. I go back to the chef's kiss. That was exactly what it should have been. (laughs) So it sounds like that was probably your the your favorite bit of how of their their storytelling like where their storytelling was almost genius. Yes. That was the only thing that I feel like everybody followed all the way through. I, I get that. I I I didn't think and, about I, it. And with or without the kiss, that's still where it should have gone. Mhm. You know, there's just like besties or they're a di- they know that they're this dyad blah 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 like cool. I don't even we're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> just call it right now. We're not talking about that. Uh um okay did you like any of the newer characters like uh the tiny depressed robot yeah he was pretty good no thank you yeah he was Um, pretty good um he's very polite (laughs) i like the idea of a spinoff being um the clone or the the uh stormtrooper orphans finding where they're from Mm, yeah 
Like that's an intriguing, intriguing storyline. Like that's really somebody mining like fascist authoritarian empires and how you recover from them. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That feels real. I would enjoy that. But then the question is, where's baby Yoda? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another thing. So I said that they released the Mandalorian episode on Thursday because that was the episode where baby Yoda showed that he could heal. And otherwise people would have been like, what the hell? No one shows that any other time in the force when she does it in the movie. So I felt like they did that. And someone's like, no, they shouldn't want to compete. And I was like, there is no competing. The Mandalorian so good. People wouldn't like, no, it wasn't a competition thing for me. It was that they felt they needed to reveal the healing skill yeah. prior to the movie. I still haven't watched the damn finale, but uh, Brad, I know I'm, I, I don't know. I probably after seeing this, I probably do. It's probably going to uh, make me feel a lot better. <laughs> It will. It um, was like I said. It was not what I was expecting. It was like, whoa, okay, okay. Yeah. This one different than I thought, but this is good. I like this. <laughs> Surprisingly, I actually really liked the the. God, I don't even know what he was. The little thing that that hacked into C three PO. I can't remember his name. Oh yet. yeah, oh, he's one of my oldest friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, the three PO storyline though. Oh yes, there now, we go. That was another bullshit punch pull. Yeah. Exactly. Like, thinking 3PO is going to be gone. I am crying mm-hmm. and then everything's fine. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming and I was really hoping that it wasn't. I was kind of hoping they would just keep playing off the you know, like, he, he, the stakes were real in this movie. Exactly. There was no repercussions for anything. Everybody no. was fine. Everybody back. I mean, okay, Le- we lose Leia. Mm-hmm. Which we knew was coming ahead of time, mm-hmm. and we lose Ben, which I knew was coming ahead of time. But like otherwise, the stakes for everything else weren't real. And the thing is, that's most devastating because so there's a moment, and I might tear up when I talk about this, mm-hmm. um, when Chewie comes back and knows that she's gone, mm-hmm. and he screams. I understand that moment in a way that I can't talk about because <laughs> I will cry. <laughs> Um, as something I've experienced myself. And that was so good and powerful and made you believe people in this world can be lost and people are hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And then they just that all up. Yeah. Sadly, because I think there was a humorous scene right before that happened. Um, it might have been something with with Chewie too because I remember there was like this family behind us. They had like three or four little boys and you know, they were laughing at everything Chewie did. And then we get to that scene when he's upset about Leia and, you know, somebody goes to console him and he kind of just throws them off of him. And the kids just started busting up laughing at that. And I'm like, you guys are ruining this for me. Like, you probably don't understand what was I, happening. I know, but I, I, I honestly want to say, I feel like a couple of adults laughed at that part too, but. Well, knows? they've clearly never lost anybody. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I th- that really got me. I feel like had had the yes. other people not ruined it for me, I probably would have started crying. Yeah, that one re- that one hurt. Yeah, and I think it's because even J.J. Abrams said, I think that was deliberately. Well, it was probably already going to be written, but I feel like it was de- deliberately had that punch because J.J. Uh, even said his biggest regret on the Force Awakens is for was not having Chewie and Leia embrace after they get back from Han being killed. He just walks right past her and, and Leia just goes right to Ray and hugs her, you know, yeah, which is weird. That, yeah. Weird. 
I remember I was, thinking that when I watched it this last time. I was like, do you even know each other? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird, it was weird. Like, what did, like, Han send a message to her saying, like, hey, picked up this this kid. She's cool. You guys are going to be buddies. <laughs> like, yeah, right. What? Like I, I remember even thinking when I watched Force Awakens, like as they as they were traveling back, I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna be so emotional when, when Leia sees Chewie," and then they just walk right past each other. I was like, "Oh, okay, or not?" <laughs> I mean, that's the downside to these movies, though, is that there's so many characters who are so connected in so many different ways that, like, th- and you're also trying to tell a new story with a new character, things are just gonna get lost. I. I don't know. I don't know. But then there were all these like big powerful moments that I did enjoy. Like, you know, when they are going to fight the final order and all of the ships show up, Mm -hmm. like it was overwhelming and made me really emotional. But then when I think about it, I'm like, okay, but why did nobody show up the first time? Yeah, exactly. Because the, because if they'd showed up the first time, they would only stop one piece of it and not this final end game, you know? And then would people have shown up again or like, I don't know. I don't know. Because they had to make you think that they had stakes. Something bad was going to happen when it was not going to at all. I know it's so hard because there are pieces of it that are like really good filmmaking and look really good and are interesting. And there's pieces here and there that are fun. But like, because that's the thing is these movies have done really good of expanding the visual scope. So, like, you know, when they go back to the old Death Star and, like, how that looks and, like, that that ocean. And, like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That I mean, awesome. And I mean that in, like, the really traditional sense of the word is and it filled me with awe. Yeah. You know? Or even the size of the the way the First Order looks or, you know, the, the, the cult on Exegol. Like, all those things were so cool and so different than anything we got in the original trilogy. And I love that. I love the massiveness of it. It's sort of like in... Um, one of the things I loved in The Last Jedi is when she flies the ship into the destroyer. Mm-hmm. Like the visual of that moment, I, I mean, genuinely, I was just blown away. I thought that was one of the most devastating, gorgeous things I'd ever seen. Yeah. So like I give, I give these movies so much credit for creating this really powerful visual storytelling, but the stories they're telling are stupid. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Um, oh shit, there was something I was gonna say. Uh, damn, now I can't remember what I was gonna, one of my points was gonna be. Um, yeah, just it, again, it just goes back to the whole they wanted to create these stakes, but there was, there's no repercussions to them. It just, I don't know. We're like, at some point, we get tired of a machine that can kill a whole planet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was the other that thing. That sounds so insensitive. <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time, like, that's the third time. It's like, this whole planet's going to be gone. Like, how much of a... Th- how- you just keep creating bigger and bigger machines to do the thing that the smallest machine already did? Yeah, right. And I'm confused. This this might just be... Uh, just griping about the little things now, but... Like, when they, when they actually get to the Death Star, they land in a seemingly random area she walks to a seemingly random part of the cliff but holds up that dagger and she's in the right spot she needs to be for that thing to point her way it was just little things like that i don't know you know what i'm talking about though 
No. Because when she holds up the dagger and is like moving it along the Death Star, which is telling her where the where the beacon is, and then she pulls out that little tiny part out of the handle of it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's like looking through it. Yeah, like I said, she, they land in a seemingly random area. She walks to a seemingly random part, holds that up, and she's in the right area for that thing to align perfectly. Well, that's perfectly. just some Goonies storytelling. I'm behind it, it, that one. Yeah, okay. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. But I still yeah. thought it was like random and dumb of like, how is this the right place? What? I didn't even understand what she was seeing when she looked at it. And like, was the dagger made for the built Death Star or was it made after the Death Star crashed and then they built it based on where it crashed? Yeah, true. But things, every time, every time you try and dig a level deeper, nothing makes sense anymore. Mm. And like I know this is a common JJ criticism because people are like, oh, Lost was supposed to have all this mythology. I'm like, Lost did have this mythology. They just didn't get to finish everything that I think the way they thought they were going to. So like there was a deeper level. Or like, for example, I'm a JJ Abrams fan because of the show Alias. And the Alias mythology across its five seasons was actually pretty well rounded. We had a it was introduced in the first episode and it was there in the last one and it was part of the resolution of the entire series. So like, all right, that was deep mythology. It got there. Yeah. And I think he's okay when he's creating his own because you only have to go so many layers down. But like with Star Wars, it's a universe. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's literally a universe. And so I, I think that he like it, he did enough surface logic to get by. But as soon as you scratch deeper, nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah. It was kind of fun, though, to watch The Force Awakens again and see, like, Daisy Ridley look like such a baby. Yeah. She still had, like, baby fat in her cheeks. <laughs> and, like, now by the time she gets to be, you know, Jedi Ray, she's so, like, honed and sharp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, going back and watching uh, Force Awakens, I think I watched it the day after I went and saw Rise of Skywalker, and I was just like, this was so much fun. Like, what happened? It was. It was. <laughs> I get that they had much more time to develop that story because it was supposed to be um, the director of Jurassic World, I believe, that was supposed to do Rise of Skywalker. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. And then, yeah, oh, there was sound. creative differences and he left. So, and then... See, DJ what bothers came. me is that if you're going to write a trilogy, you know at the outset you're writing a trilogy, you write the entire thing up front. Mm-hmm. You don't just make it up as you go. Or at least know your endpoint and write around it or fill it in, you know. Well, the thing is, I think they did. They just nobody nobody thought about the middle movie. D- yeah. And then when Ryan Johnson was like, "Great, no one's gonna think about this movie. I'm gonna do this," and he did it, then people didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. And because it was so polarizing, like I don't know, they could have kept following the the thread that he started and still had a really had just as big of a movie in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I think it's still not doing as well as Last Jedi. I think of the the new trilogy, Last Jedi still did the best financially. Uh, I think maybe overall, but I know domestically, uh, The Force Awakens is the highest grossing movie in the U.S. of all time. They just in the U.S. alone, it almost hit a billion dollars. That's awesome. Which is yeah, that is insane. Um, all right. So my third big eye roll moment was the very very end when ray says her name <laughs> oh god the memes about that will never get old to me oh jesus i'm i have not seen them because they feel like it'd make me even more angry <laughs> i think i would have been okay if she'd said ray solo or just ray yeah just yeah. ray like why do you need to own 
I don't know. I don't know. They needed a reason to show force ghosts. Mm, uh. And. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. It. That that was one of my favorite parts, though. When all the, I get when that the... she's always felt like they're her family, mm-hmm. yeah, and that she felt like she belonged with them as soon as she was with them. But there's this legacy of being a Skywalker, and you literally saw how that totally fucked up Ben. Mm-hmm. How can you want to take that? How can you want to say like, "I'm going to take this up. I'm a Skywalker." Like that doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> she yeah. said, "Just Ray." I would be like, "Damn right, just Ray." Exactly. You don't need to be somebody's descendant or part of the family or any of that crap. You can mm-hmm. just be Ray. You're good enough, Ray. I promise. I I did really like the when all the Jedi were talking to her. It was really cool to see in the that was cool. in the credits all the names everybody that everybody. I assume they came in and recorded new lines. I don't think they took anything from other movies. They did. Yeah, all of them did. Oh, cool. Yeah, that, that well, was. Well, some are characters who've only existed in certain universes now have also came in and did, or who've only been in animated things did voices. Oh wow! Um, although I like the ones where it shows like all the Jedi saying certain things, and then Mace Windu, get up, motherfucker! Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an amazing. Oh. Like just Samuel L. Jackson existing in a movie is automatically meta. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, it it it, it would have. I think it would have been even better. Well, maybe not. Maybe just that little bit was enough. I was say to have all of them come back as Force Ghosts, but I think that might defeat the purpose too. Also, it would have been creepy to look out across Tatooine and just see a field of Force Ghosts, and she's like, "Shit, are you guys gonna be around all the time?" Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, also, I don't think it was clear enough that her lightsaber was built from her staff. I did not know that. I just assumed she built herself a fancy lightsaber and, you know, the gold crystal and whatever. But so it's supposed to be, like, noticeable that it's built from a piece of her staff. I see. I didn't even catch that. I did not know that till right now. Right? I read that somewhere and I was like, that is that was not clear to me. I thought see. they were just doing a cool zoom-in shot on a fancy new lightsaber. Yeah. I, I guess that was their way of telling you, but I don't think it was very obvious. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I did like... Well, someone uh, also talked about they make this big point of her staff being her weapon for so much of it. They could have built a way that it was a staff lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did kind of show that in her Force Nightmare, whatever you want to call that. Force Hallucination. Yeah. That thing was cool. Which I, I, I could tell from the trailers that was going to be... An illusion. A, yeah. An illusion or a nightmare or something. I knew that wasn't going to be... like. Uh, now that I think about the marketing for this movie, it's also pisses me off. Yeah. Oh. Did you enjoy her Bilbo moment? Her, her what? <laughs> so when she's seen that hallucination and suddenly her little force go, her little you know evil ray goes ah, and she's like the the sharp teeth. Oh yeah, that well, was back, that was actually pretty creepy. <laughs> it was creepy, but that's why it reminded me of Bilbo in the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about it that way until now. <laughs> uh, um. I actually really like, I didn't, didn't even realize that's who was playing this character until the very end. And then I realized, oh yeah, she was in this movie. That's who that must've been was a uh, Carrie Russell's character. Right. Okay. All of us were like, whose voice is that? I know who that is. It was bugging me the whole time. I was like, I know this voice. And then I looked it up at, after the movie and I was like, oh my God. Cause I remember seeing a thing about like Carrie Russell playing mysterious character in Rise yeah. of Skywalker. And I'm like, man. And, oh, and the other thing was the whole, 
Lando thing just again I feel like that was just another marketing tool because he I don't want to say he does nothing but he does next to nothing in this whole movie <laughs> yeah like why would you get Luke that far and then you guys give up and you just like I'm gonna stay on this planet yeah right <laughs> and that was a little creepy with him talking to that girl at the end I'm sorry but that was a really creepy moment yeah, well, because it's meant to imply, like, oh, he's her father, which is also super weird, but it came off like, how you doing? Yeah, it, I could not get a reading on where... He can't say anything without sounding like he's flirting. <laughs> yeah, maybe Gift that's in a curse. And, and I don't know how you feel about the movie Solo. I actually really like it. I think it's fun. It's unnecessary, but it's fun. It's but, okay. But I, I do think... I was kind of indifferent to it. Yeah, um, but I do think Donald Glover did a... Sp- you know what? I don't think he was trying to be Lando. Honestly, to me, it just seemed like he was doing a Billy D. Williams impression the entire movie, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing. It's, it wasn't a bad thing. He did a really good job. Just that's all I was getting was he was just imitating Billy D. Williams the whole movie. Yeah. Nope, totally feel that. Um. My God, is there anything else? I, I honestly don't think so. Um, well, I haven't done a, uh, well, I haven't titled it a, a love it or hate it episode in a while. So I guess this will technically be a love it or hate it episode. Cause, uh, I always say that there's only you, there's only two ways the internet agrees on something. You love it or you hate it. Um, so I, I think we can definitively say that, uh, we didn't love it. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't even I almost feel like that's going too far like I don't I don't have enough negative feelings about it to say that I hated it then the cat hates it the cat <laughs> hates it clearly I it's it's almost like it's too it's too convoluted to have an opinion <laughs> it's a, yeah that sounds about I'm, right like I'm disappointed I'll go with that <laughs> I'm disappointed in it <laughs> Um, like I'm not angry I'm just disappointed I am both of those things but also like I said the more I think about it the more I talk about it I realize how much I didn't like it will I watch it again <laughs> well yeah. yes, yes because it's it's <laughs> yeah. still entertaining as hell but I'm gonna look at it as one of those uh, movies that it's so bad it's good kind of thing I think it will I think that it will get there I also think it will be interesting when, if there are deleted scenes that we get to see, um, you know, what what is some of the storytelling that was missing, I think, as more things come out. But I still think part of this was there was reaction to The Last Jedi. J.J. felt like he needed to course correct, and I think he that was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I think something there was momentum that was built in The Last Jedi that opened up all these possibilities, and I feel like a door was shut. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so. Um. Oh, there, there's. Let's actually... just call. No wait, I know. Should... Let's call it a letdown. Yeah. It was uh, a letdown. I didn't hate it, but it let me down. Um. There's actually two things I forgot that we didn't talk about. Um. One was uh. What should I go with first? Uh. Okay. Well, one was the the flashback when you got to see Luke and Leia training. That was cool. Um. That was actually a really cool scene. Um. I thought Agreed. Luke looked really good. Uh. Apparently they used. I think they used Billy Lord for. They did but for some reason that the may- face like did the the cgi did not line up right on the body no it looked really weird um, i think they made her head too tiny but luckily it's like a 
two and a half second shot. So that was good. But, but that was a really cool scene. Um, how, yes. did, you, how did you feel about the Han Solo uh, cameo, which I honestly did not see coming. Uh, I did not either. And they actually keep He's, he's uncredited. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I actually don't, uh, it's fun. To, so how they talked him into coming back and doing it. I like, again, I like that it mirrored the conversation they had in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, that built more internal narrative structure that made his... Like, Kylo Ren got the best... Like, Kylo Ren to Ben Solo got the best, most narratively consistent story in the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... It's a sign of him breaking, because it's not a Force ghost. That wasn't Han. That was him having this moment where, like, he almost died... And he lives. And I think, you know, that near-death experience can be really powerful for people. So who's the person that you admire most in the world? He wants, he keeps saying it's Anakin, but it's not. It's his dad. Yeah. And so he has a conversation with his dad who tells him exactly what I told him the first time. Is like, I think it's also the moment where someone, it's his own mind reminding him that he's not beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was okay with it. I was not expecting it. No, um, yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite parts in the movie. And even though I don't like, I don't like Kylo as a character and I'm sorry, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I don't really care for Adam driver in general. Um, I don't think he's, I don't either. This is the only thing I've ever like. Okay. So that's the thing is I, I'm mad at these movies for that. By the end of the last Jedi, the tension between them was so palpable and well done that i was like oh my god i'm finding adam driver vaguely sexy right now i don't like this and the fact that i like watch their kiss i'm like oh heart swelling because then people would set the, the scene in the kiss to like romantic music or like music like the titanic theme song. oh my god so it's fantastic it's really good like you fall down a raylo rabbit hole on twitter it is a great place to be <laughs> i can't even lie like they're very angry right now but they're doing some really hilarious fan stuff yeah um but i'm not really a big fan of adam driver either um, but, I think he's an interesting human being, a little bit pompous. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I've ever genuinely really liked him in was Black Klansman. I still haven't seen that, but I've heard he oh, does a God, really good job. Oh, God, you have to. He, he does, because it's basically a black guy and a tall Jewish man taking on the Klan. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, wow. He plays a good guy in it, then. Yes. Oh. That's the thing is I don't like... Even this is a he, okay, and this is a bad guy who only comes across whiny and who he is in mm-hmm. Girls. I One, I... I've never been interested in that show, and two, all I hear about is that he's super disgusting, so not into it. Oh, God. I don't like him. Did you know he was a Marine? Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Like he, oh, okay, so that's the thing. That's why he's such a shit. So, <laughs> he was a Marine for, I think, three years before he had to get, he was medically discharged. Um, oh, and then he went to Juilliard. To be an actor. Oh, right on. And now here he is. I read an article about how people are like, oh, Adam Driver is like quirky and different and he's not your typical leading man. And it was an article based like, like, no, he is exactly our typical leading man and here is why. And part of it was like, he was a Marine, so you know he's not just like visual muscles. Those muscles have been made somehow and like our actual strength and like all this thing. It was, it was a very interesting article on Vox about like why we're fooling ourselves if we think Adam Driver is not a typical leading man. Hmm. He's a tall, muscular, white male. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, without the good sense of humor of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just was a really cute like little video about how Chris Hemsworth is a good dad, and I was like, yeah, he is. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm feeling warm fuzzies about Hemsworth right now. Yeah, I, I've always, I mean, yeah, I've, I've always liked Chris Hemsworth. Um, he's a person where I'd be like, 
He'd be both fun and an asshole as your big brother, but I think I'd, it'd be more fun than an asshole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Adam Driver, I think this is probably his, I think this is probably his best performance of the entire trilogy, even though I don't oh, yeah. care for the character, but also that, that was a really good scene. That almost made me sort of like, not even Kylo, but because that's, the moment he becomes Ben again. Yeah, we all... His name is Ben. You like guys named Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever known a jerk named Ben. Yeah. And it's so many people I know are, like, they really like Kylo as a character, and anytime, any way they spin it to me, I go, no, he killed Han Solo. I don't give a shit about him. Like, he does not get a pass. <laughs> yeah, nope, I'm not into it. <sighs> all right, well, I think that's... <laughs> I don't think we can talk about it anymore without getting, without dissecting any, uh, yeah. anymore without getting pissed. So, well, without just getting like really into like minutia and we already know that the logic is not internally consistent. So we're just going to name things that don't aren't explained and it, it's just going to become a list of frustrations. Yeah, exactly. But as that, am I going to watch again? Yeah. Am I going to watch again? Probably more than once. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a star Wars movie. Exactly. Like at some point they get a pass. Mm hmm. Because there's still there's still these bit this big entertaining magic. It'd be like if Endgame had really really sucked, we oh, all God. probably still would have gone and seen it and kind of loved it and watched it a million times in a row. Because like we have these things that are common cultural experiences, and you mm-hmm. just go along with it. I I told somebody at work I was like you know we all know doing finales and ending things are hard, and we we knew we were getting to grand finales this year being Endgame in this one and we already got one grand finale so it wasn't going to strike twice <laughs> that's a good point i think it's also hilarious that by comparison ryan johnson's movie knives out mm-hmm. has done so well yes he deserves it because yeah. like that is hilarious to me that like well now they're even talking about making a sequel which is a mistake oh you think which, so? yes because oh. Okay, don't get me wrong. I actually would completely follow a story of like, oh my gosh, I can't even remember Daniel Craig's character's name because it's so weird. Foghorn uh, Lagorn. Uh, ben, <laughs> Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc, which is the fucking ridiculous name. <laughs> I would follow him solving random batshit mysteries. Like, don't get me wrong, I would go there, but that's what they need to do. They need to completely leave the first movie behind and do a completely new thing. They need to like Hercule Poirot it. Mm. Like, he needs to be this guy who solves mysteries. And then we're good. It's if they try and like do a sequel to anything involving any of the extending characters from the first movie, that will be a mistake. Mm-hmm. It can't be a sequel. It's an anthology. Yeah. But I also think that's very difficult to do. Like it's, it's that idea of like lightning in a bottle. So now we're going to get all these like original mystery movies and none of them are going to be as good as knives out. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that was definitely a surprise. I was ex- I was expecting it to be good, but it turned out to be really good. So I was, yeah, I, I, was, I was really happy about that. Um, and not just that Chris Evans in a cozy sweater. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Now I can't remember where I placed that on my top, uh, 19. Where did I place that? It was number five. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I, I appreciate that in this moment where everyone's like, Oh, rest of Skywalker, Ryan Johnson's knives out. is like, this is amazing. Yeah. But, I've also read a real fun article about why people feel that way too. Is like we've we've gone in, we only expect spectacle. So when we have these non-spectacle movies, like 
our our bar for good storytelling is extremely low. And because mm-hmm. the storytelling is so good in that movie, everybody's like, oh, like it's not actually that great of a movie. It's just really good storytelling. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, it definitely after seeing Knives Out, I definitely will see more things Ryan Johnson does because he knows how to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more uh, uh, subdued movie than I thought it was going to be because the trailers kind of didn't make it look over the top actiony, but it looked like it was going to have more action than what it did. When there was, other, aside from that short car chase, there really was no action scenes. No, no, there wasn't. But it was fun. Which I'm glad that Chris Evans winds up saying that was the worst car chase ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for doing this because we needed to get it out of our system yes exactly i needed to let it out having it all pent up was not gonna be good yeah no probably not all right well we have stuff lined up for uh future episodes which we should be doing shortly um it's gonna be a change from the usual stuff so i'm really curious to see how it's gonna go yeah and if you really want to help out brad's podcast rate it on 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 uh apple podcasts yes uh, because that's how you get better metrics yes and i finally... also set it to automatically download whether you listen or not oh can you do that yeah you could be at each individual podcast you can set if you want it automatically download when a new episode comes oh shit right on that's pretty cool i didn't know that well i don't have an iphone so <laughs> yeah. yeah and i finally hit uh 10 you're one on of there. two podcasts i do that for oh sweet oh god who's the other teen creeps uh, it's my okay. favorite podcast oh okay well, it's good to be number two. They go over uh, why like horror fiction, particularly vintage stuff from like the nineties, eighties mm. and nineties. It's amazing. It, it does sound perfectly like you. <laughs> yeah, they're my faves. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Thank you so much. This was this was fun. Aside from the subject matter. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon.